Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you ready to write? Do you want to learn what it takes to create a writing career? Then tune in and take notes because on Simply Write, we talk about the writer's craft and the qualities and quirks of living a writer's life. Let's go. Well, hello there. I'm Polly. You're listening to Simply Write, where we talk about creating a writer's life and a writing career. And I think it can be done. I've been doing it for now about 26 years, but it really requires a combination of that creative spirit and mindset and entrepreneurial spirit. And we're going to talk about that today when we go inside the writer's mind. But first, let's get to the dailies. All right, it's time for the dailies where I share with you what's on my plate and on my to-do list. This has been a big week, not for writing though, lots of big, important life stuff going on. And, you know, we all have that. Life ebbs and flows where we have big events and are important things that we want to be present to, but also that capture our energy and attention. And we're going to talk about that when we get to the mindset aspect, but that has changed the way my physical work week looks, how much I'm getting done and how I'm working. So today I'm really taking some time to get refocused and regrounded. It's the first day I've really had behind the desk in the last two weeks without some appointment or, or some conversation or some meeting, some disruption in the middle of the day. So I feel like I need to take care of the administrative stuff, touch base with some clients that I'm working with on certain projects, follow up on some emails, and then I'm going to spend the afternoon developing ideas for the podcast, uh, reading, um, as part of my continuing education, I read a lot of craft books and a lot of fiction too, because it roots me in the kind of writing I want to do. And I learn from that. Um, I'm going to exercise. I am also uh, hoping to develop some new ideas for the column, the Simply Write column, which you can find at simplywrite.substack.com, where I go deeper into writing. I share some personal essays. And if you become a paid subscriber, you can also uh, give feedback on your work, comment, and get bonus tip sheets and that kind of thing. And that's on simplywrite.com. But that work is always in progress, right? I'm always looking for new ideas, always drafting and revising essays for that and the other stuff I'm doing. So today's really going to be about settling in, reading, developing my writing work. I'm not going to do too much uh, finished writing or polished writing or revision. I'm just going to develop ideas and allow those creative juices to come back because I find that a little more restful and I'm pretty physically and mentally tired. So I will do some writing at the computer when I work on that column that's going out tonight. But um, the rest of it is going to be developing and gearing up for tomorrow 
And because I missed several days in the last couple of weeks of work, I will be working over the weekends. So I want to make sure I know what I'm going to work on so I don't spend my weekend time planning. I spend my weekend time working. So that's what I'm working on today. And that brings us to Inside the Writer's Mind. That's what I'm calling this new segment, where we're going to talk about the psychology, not only of living a writer's life and creating a creative writing practice, but also what it takes to create a sustainable writing business, because that requires an entrepreneurial spirit too. So it's an interesting profession because we got to work on it from two sides, right? We got to tap into our imagination, our creativity, but we also have to be disciplined and innovative in our thinking and organized and reliable in the way we operate our business. And I think that takes an interesting combination of physicality. We've got to sit down and actually type out the work or dictate the work. It also takes this creative imaginative ability to tap in and pull these ideas out of our brain and feelings out of our brain in a way that we can translate for other people. And it certainly creates some business savvy. And that's something I had to learn. That wasn't natural. I think a lot of us come to the writing business because we're creative and we're sensitive souls and uh, we want to share these ideas and really make something. However, if you want to survive in the writing business, those writers I know not only have those qualities, those imaginative and creative skills, but they also have some business sense and they know what they don't know. So they go out and learn it. So today inside the writer's mind, we're going to talk about some things that I think writers and writing professionals really need to be aware of before we get into trouble. If you want to create a sustainable writing career, you have to tend to it on a cerebral, creative, and physical level, right? So that we're able to do the work. And that requires mental health and physical health. I've been thinking about this a lot this week because it hasn't been an easy week for me to get the actual work done. There's some been some real grown-up stuff going on. And so when I have had a few minutes here and there to sit down and get the writing done, it's been harder than usual for me to focus or settle in. My mind has been racing with thoughts and ideas. And the reality is that I don't always feel like writing. I don't always have an easy time writing. (laughs) Usually I don't have an easy time writing, but writing is my job. So I don't get paid unless I do it. The other aspect of this is writing is really how I anchor myself in the world. Not writing for publication, but writing in my morning pages and other things. Really how I process the world. So when things are upsetting or busy or full or stressful in my life, it's really necessary for me to come back to the writing, not only because I need to pay the bills and writing is my job, but also because it anchors me and helps me clear my head and my soul a little bit so I can get back to work. The trick is, one, when life is busy and we're doing all this adulting, how do we settle back in and get the work done when we're stressed out and and being pulled in different directions? And how do we take care of ourselves in the process? Because when we are self-employed, it is stressful to miss days of work. 
And yet often the things that require us to miss those days are stressful in themselves. It'll be a, a funeral or a family event. Sometimes you might need to run home and take care of your parents or turn to a kid's school play or any number of other important things in life. And so simply moving away from the work and being out of the office and missing the work can cause stress because we know we're not getting paid for that time or we're seeing the deadlines mounting and we don't know how we're going to get it done or we we need to touch base on the novel every day so we don't lose our thread and so simply being away from it can cause higher levels of stress and yet those are the important things too the family stuff the life stuff we've got to engage in the world and feel the world all the good and bad to have any material to write about so it's all important to do the thing is and i think this is huge and i talked to you about this from a person who used to be stressed out all the time about every little thing and really, for the most part, I don't have a whole lot of stress anymore. I get impatient and there are times I feel upset, but I've really worked on managing my stress so I can still be effective and still do what I need to do in my life and really find joy even in the difficult moments. Unmanaged stress is a major threat to writers and to entrepreneurs because if we're not in the office, like I said before, we're not making money, but writers can be distracted by all these degrees of sensitivity and it can really prevent us from doing the job altogether. So it's essential that we learn how to manage it. Now, whatever job you're in, we've got to manage our, our stress because it contributes to chronic illness, mental health issues, physical issues or chronic diseases like heart disease, right? More than 120,000 Americans die each year from stress-related conditions, according to the American Institutes of Stress. And this is the part that gets me. A million more of us call in sick each day because of stress-related illness. Now that costs corporations and businesses $100 billion a year in lost productivity. If you are sick because you are stressed out, you know, that, that beats up our immune system, causes chronic pain, other issues. If we're missing time at the computer or behind our notebook because we are sick from stress and the conditions it causes, we are not going to be in the writing business very long or any business for that matter. As a business owner, we can't afford to miss that kind of time. Okay. So how do we manage it? There are three big things I do in my business. Movement, mindfulness, and mindset. Movement can be anything. Some people need to go to the gym or run 10 miles. Not me. I might walk around the block. I might turn on some music and dance or get on the exercise bike. But movement can also be stretching. It can also be walking out in the backyard and, and looking at the weeds and the trees and the other things growing. It can be getting up from the desk every hour and walking around the house. I do something that I've talked about on my other podcast called Polly Campbell Simply Said. And one thing I talk about there is this practice I have called the gratitude walk. I will, I really, really work to get up every hour from my desk, even if I'm in the middle of something and walk around for a couple of minutes, just in the house, or I'll take the dog out or I'll walk across and get the mail, whatever it is to move my body a little bit every hour. But one of those things I do uh, during my mini break is I'll walk I'll take a gratitude walk and that can be 50 or 100 steps. And with each step, you challenge yourself 
to be grateful for something, to come up with one appreciation. I'm grateful for the shoes on my feet. I'm grateful that my husband made the coffee today. Take another step. I'm grateful that I have carpet on the floor. Take another step. I'm grateful that the sun is out today. Take another step. And that does a lot to help restore my mental strength and ease mental stress and my physical stress. So I like that that kind of movement. But movement is essential to managing our stress. Make sure you build it in. The days behind the desk can be long for a writer because what happens to me is I'll get caught up in the cycle and I will be going and I could sit there all day slumped over my computer. That's not good for our creative or mental health, but it certainly isn't good for our physical health. So find a way to get movement in. It's a stress manager and we need to do that if we're going to stay in business. Another way I manage the stress, and I've been doing this practice a lot this week because my mind's really been racing. You know, those those obsessive thoughts and those worries that cycle over and over. And so I do a mindfulness practice. And the way I do that, now there's lots of ways to do that. You can read about mindfulness meditation. You can go to, uh, Polly Campbell simply said, where I offer personal development and success strategies. And I talk a lot about mindfulness there. My book's because what I do for this is I just sit and ground myself literally in my body. So I put my hands on the desk, close my eyes. I notice what it feels like when I breathe in and the air goes down my throat and my ribs expand. I feel the texture of the desk under my fingertips. I smell the dog. She's got very bad dog breath in the room. I use all my senses. What am I tasting? What am I hearing? What am I seeing? What am I feeling in my body? And then what's your sixth sense telling you? Often when I get quiet and notice my thoughts in my physical environmental sensations, uh, I'll also get kind of some intuitive hits about where to go next with the story or about how to take care of myself during these stressful times or, or how to help a friend, whatever it is. The point is to pause throughout the day and become mindful and present in your body. When we become present, we aren't worried about what has happened or what might happen. We're just really locked in that moment, noticing our breathing, noticing our body, noticing our thoughts without judgment. Mindfulness is a huge part about the way I deal with all aspects of my life. And one thing I find, one reason I like it is it can be done anywhere. So while I'm waiting for my daughter to come out of school, I will sit there in the passenger seat and just kind of ground myself in that seat in the day and and really remember who I am and pay attention to my thoughts and take myself out of that stress pattern. A lot of research has been done on mindfulness and shows it's hugely effective for lowering our uh, heart rates and easing our stress and helping our body recalibrate so we're not stuck in that fight, flight, or freeze mode, right? We're free from that, which causes a cortisol boost and our higher stress response, which can lead to illness. When we become mindful, we defeat that and we settle back in and uh, it feels good too when you come out of that. And, and you can do this in 
just a couple of minutes. I mean, you can spend as much time being mindful too. If you want to do it a different way, another thing you can do is go to the sink and let water splash over your hands and just focus your energy on noticing the feeling and sensations and the sounds of that water coming over your hands. That's a way to root yourself in the present moment too. And that is one form of mindfulness exercise, which can help us reduce stress. All right, then the third aspect of this is mindset. How we think about stress changes how our bodies experience it. Now, there's a lot of research into this. It's how we perceive things that determine our reality, right? So if we're feeling nervous feelings in our body, elevated heart rate, faster breathing, butterflies in our stomach, if we feel that stuff and think, oh, this is, I'm so stressed out, I can't function, this is a sign that things are going bad, our body will ratchet up our stress experience and it truly becomes harder to function and think and do what we need to do to manage and to succeed. But if we see those responses as a normal, healthy part of being alive, if we perceive those responses, the faster breathing, the beating heart, instead of something terrible and threatening, we see it as something that is healthy and normal, then our bodies don't take such a hit, right? It, we can interpret these changes in our body as part of our normal physiological response to help us gear up for the next experience. And that way it's positive. Like when I speak and I do a lot of speaking on stages in front of big and small groups, Right before I go out on stage, I'm feeling all of this. My heart rate is elevated. Sometimes my mind is blank and I can't remember what I was going to say and how I was going to start. And, and I'm sweating, right? And when I switch that from thinking, oh, I've got stage fright or I'm super anxious about this to, oh, I'm super excited. I'm looking forward to this. This is my body gearing up to help me be ready and energetic. It changed entirely how I go about my business. So when I'm sitting down to the desk to work on a project or a magazine article or the novel, after a difficult week or day when I've been stressed out or feeling the stress in my body, when I sit down and think, oh, this is great. Now this is my time. Now this, all this stress and all this energy in my shoulders and my neck and my heartbeat, it, it's not a negative thing. It's preparing me to do the work that I love to do. Then I find that I have an easier time getting the writing done during those hard moments. Okay, So those are some hints about how to manage the stress so that we can keep working and writing during the hard times, movement, mindfulness, and mindset. Give some attention to these three areas, how you're going to manage these things or how you do manage these things when the hard times come down so that we can still find a way to work. And I've got some other tips about how we can get down and actually get the words out when the writing days are hard. And we'll talk about them right here when we get back to simply write on the creator's network of Electricast. And we are back 
to Simply Write with Polly on the Creators Network of Electricast, and we are inside the writer's mind talking about how to handle those hard writing days, right? When you're in business, you got to keep going. We don't get paid unless we produce and publish. And if you want to create a sustainable writing career, we got to manage our stress and we've got to figure out how to get the work done on the days when we're doing a lot of adulting, when there's stress or family events we want to attend, a kid's school program or a funeral or run out of town to help a friend or family member, when we're moving, when we're divorcing or getting married, even in those big life moments, we have to figure out how to keep the business going, okay? So we talked about movement, mindfulness, and mindset as developing some practices to help us manage the stress of those moments and keep going. Now there are some basic practices that I use to actually help me sit down at the computer to do the work during those busy weeks. The first thing is prime yourself to write. Now it's best if we put this practice into play before the trouble or the big events happen, right? This is what I talk about um, when I talk about writing rituals. Our brains respond more creatively when we train them to respond creatively. So when you go into the kitchen, your body knows you're probably going to cook or get a glass of water or whatever you're going to do. It's it's like, you know, Pavlov's dog. When I open the bottom cupboard where the dog food is, my dog knows it's time for dinner and she will come running. So Prime yourself to write by creating some rituals so that you don't even have to think about them. You sit down and your brain and your body are ready to go. It's great if you do this from the get-go, but it's never too late. So one of the things I do, I go to the same place every day when I'm actually going to do the work of getting words on the page. We've already talked about how much work there is to do to be a writing entrepreneur, a gig worker, but not all of those stuff require me to be at the desk. Like when I'm sending out invoices and whatever, that's not what I mean by writing time. But when I want to put the words on the page, I have a spot I go to every day. It doesn't matter where that is for you. Just know it's a corner of the dining room table or maybe a back bedroom or maybe a table at the same cafe every morning. Whatever it is for you, set it aside and know that when you go to that place, that's where you do your writing. I have two places like that now. I used to think pre-COVID that I always had to write in my home office. Not true because now my husband works at home part of the week. And so I have learned that there's a sunny spot in my living room. I can take my laptop. And when I sit in that spot, that's also a writing space. And I actually do really well there. I train myself to use the space. Now, I don't read in that space. I don't go to that place for anything else. That's my writing space. But I have these little rituals. I, I always do my morning pages in the morning. That primes my brain. So figure out what signals, what triggers you will have that will prime your body and your brain to create the writing work. And do that. When the tough times come or the busy times come, I want you to go to that space every day, even if it's late at night, even if you're just getting home, even if you're tired, as long as you're in the area, go to that space and just remind yourself what you do there. Sit down and write a note or put some words on the page a few minutes a day and allow yourself to get some of these thoughts out. Go for good enough. During the most challenging times, I know I'm probably not going to get my best workout. 
not my goal. My work, my goal, unless I'm on deadline, is to get any workout. Go for good enough. I'm not always going to knock it out of the park. But if I commit to the work and if I do it in the moments that I have, some days I will knock it out of the park. And I always prefer coming back to a page that I can work my revisions on rather than a blank page. Um, like I said, I've been out a lot of hours in the last two weeks. But when I get the moment, I'll come in and knock out some words just so I keep the thread in my brain. So I'm thinking about it in my unconscious mind as I'm going through the other things or I'm coming back to it, you know, as I'm doing other things. And so when I do come in my few months, I'm able to knock some words out. And then when I come back this weekend with more work time, I will have something to start with and won't have to create it from scratch when I'm tired. So also, this is a good time, go for good enough, is set yourself a time limit. Last night, I had 10 minutes between everything else and I was exhausted. I just set my timer on my phone for 10 minutes and I came in and did that and I felt so much better. You know, a normal work week when I'm in the office more days than not and I'm producing on deadline and doing all these things, then I will do many more minutes or hours than that. But sometimes the best we can do is five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes because we have things that are more important than the writing. This isn't every day. This is when the big life stuff hits. So don't use this as an excuse. But on those days, come to your place, set the timer for five minutes or 10 minutes and just get something out, anything out. And it helps anchor you in the moment and gives you something to work on when you do come back to the desk full time. And along those lines, treat writing as though it's your job. Even if it isn't, even if it's a side hustle or you're not making any money yet, but you're laying the groundwork for that. And what does that mean? That means at my husband's job, he gets regular paid breaks. He takes a lunch break every day. He has sick time and vacation time, right? Treat this as your job. I needed some time off this week. There were things that were more important than the writing. I did the work. I worked ahead. I scheduled time out. I let people know. I shifted things around. I made that happen like I would in any other job. And at the same time, there are times you need to push through the day and push the story forward, whether you feel like writing or not, whether you feel, I'm tired today, but here I am, right? Because this is a job and now I have time to be back in the office. So, so for sure, use your sick days when you need them for mental health or physical health reasons to rest and regroup. But keep in mind that at any other business, you're going to have a limited number of sick days, a limited number of vacation days. So it's up to you to find the balance between self-care and health and also the time you need at the desk to get the work done because we're not making money if we're not doing the work. If you want to publish a book, you need time behind the desk to write the darn book, right? And, and there are going to be a lot of days in the best of times when you don't feel like doing it, for sure. I mean, some of the hardest days are in the summertime when my daughter's home from school and the weather's warm and I want to be out golfing or, or meeting friends for a beer on the patio or whatever it is. And I still need to pull my weight here. And on those days, I remember to go for good enough and to treat my writing as though it's a job because it is a job.
And it has been a job for a long time. And the only reason this works for me is because I sit down and I get the writing done, even on the days when I don't feel like it. Now, be sure to put the stress management practices in place that we talked about. You know, get some movement and practice mindfulness as a way of taking you out of, of those frustrated and fearful and ruminating thoughts. And then work on your mindset. Go for good enough and notice the progress you're making, especially on the hardest days. Be gentle with yourself. Be self-compassionate. This is a job, but it's also one that you can create around a schedule that suits you. So it's important to have that kind of ebb and flow where you're showing up for the life you want to live and also leaving time and making time to create the work around it. Because one without the other doesn't work. If I'm not getting some work done, I'm stressed out anyhow because I miss it and because I'm not making any money. But I also know if I'm not living my life, if I'm not being the kind of friend and the kind of daughter and the kind of mother, the kind of person I want to be and doing the other things in my life that bring me joy and add meaning, then I'm not going to be much of a writer. It's an interesting job. We pick our hours and we can manage them in a way that supports us rather than stresses us out. So this week, really think about the schedule you need to keep and the place you're going to go to prime yourself to write and the practices you're going to put in place now. So on the days when it feels hard or when life gets in the way, you have a way to anchor yourself and get back to getting the work done. And it is time for our What's in the Desk segment where I share with you one of my favorite things that I get to use in the writer's life, right? And sometimes count as a tax deduction. <laughs> one of the things I do, especially when I've had a couple of weeks like this where we've been full and busy and lots of family things, is I use the time in between to really inspire myself by reading craft books or books about writers or books by other writers. I do this all the time in my morning session, but when I haven't been able to get to the desk, I'll also pick up an essay um, about a writer talking about their own experiences or the way this integrates. It's part of my continuing education. We learn a lot about style and good writing by reading good writers, but it also inspires me and reminds me why I love this profession so much and why I am a writer in my life too. And it makes it easier to come back after all the tumult. So what's in the dust this week is the book, How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, Essays by Alexander Chi. It's a book about how we live and create and create a life and create art and how we show up for the things that we think are important. I pulled it out of the library. I've read a lot about this book and it was just a perfect week for me to pick it up. I think you'll like it too. What's in the Desk is Alexander Chi's How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, Essays by Alexander Chi. Remember writers, managing a writing business means managing your life in a way that helps you to stay healthy and creative and engaged in the world and take care of yourself. We are the commodity, right? It's our words and our ideas that we are shaping and creating into a product that we can share with others. So start first by managing your stress and learning to work through the hard days in a way that transforms them into something that supports us during the hard times and 
the good times. One of the great privileges of a writing career is we can shape our schedules, be there for all of it, and still get the work done. So create the rituals and the habits you need to make that happen. Writer Robert Greene says, creativity is a combination of discipline and childlike spirit. Let's go through the week with both of those things. And remember, writers, sit down and simply write. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.